0: Is something I said? Yeah. The fact you spoke reminded me that I'd a microphone. <laughs> well, I was told by Davey I'm not supposed to run the batteries out on my microphone. So he said, and you know what he said? He said, with your big mouth, you probably wouldn't need one. before we get started, uh, I have a correction to make in the hymn, in the bulletin. The first hymn, While We Are Waiting, Come, is not 243. It is 242. It's very, very, very short. Has anybody ever sung this one before? Neither have I. <laughs> 242 is the hymn we're going to sing instead of 243. So, uh, it, like I said, it's just one verse and the chorus, so uh, we'll give it a whirl when we get to that point. Today is uh, the 4th of August, of course. One month, after the one month after the holiday, yes. Today we are praying for Cocalico, Church of the Brethren, Pastor Ken and where are they? Where is Cocalico? Where are they close to? Denver. Who said that? Gary. All right. You're right, Gary. You win the prize. It
1: actually is a village of Cocalico. Yeah. Nebraska.
0: Yeah. Just very small. Very small. Close to Middle Creek. And this one's for Davey. Davy, Brunswick Fellowship is going to be praying for us. Where is Brunswick Fellowship? Maine. Maine. Yes. Actually, yes, sorry, Wales, right. Wales, Maine. Wales, Maine. Yeah. So.
1: A sort of out the country, we been there.
0: Yeah. But Davey, you've been there, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, yeah.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. One day on the way over here, he took a wrong turn and he wound up.
1: <laughs> Nine hours
0: later. Yeah. But, yeah. Dave, I remember that was some years ago. Well, anyhow, we're we're glad to have Christine and Paul back. Uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, there's a couple baskets of saltwater taffy in the back of the <laughs> from their trip, and I understand they had a good time, and that's wonderful, with a lot of family and so forth. So that's great. Uh, two Sundays from now. I will not be here, that's the art show in Gretna, and Ms. Nidick will be standing up here wearing the microphone, so uh, just wanted you to know that. And uh, Karen has graciously (laughs) conceded to teach the Sunday school class, for those of you that uh, sit in our class, So, but then we'll be back. And much to some people's surprise (laughs) Surprise or or, or lament, one or the other. Anyhow, well, I don't think we have anything else that uh, uh, we need to talk about. Uh, Walter, for this first hymn, could you just play through? An anniversary in less than two weeks so cake and ice cream time yeah <laughs> well you'll have time to bake a cake and <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well okay we have our our prayer ministry guide coordinator back with us finally And uh, Christine, do you know of any updates that we should be aware of? You do, okay, let me get over there with the microphone.
2: Yes, uh, first of all, uh, uh, two of the, under grieving, we have family and friends of Peggy Eby, who was a classmate of mine, and her husband died in May. Um, So I lost two classmates, very short time plus another classmate, family and friends, of Peggy Hackman Gill. That was also one of my classmates. But Peggy Hackman Gill is also Ken Hackman's sister. So keep these families in mind and prayer that through their death in the family that younger people, of course, um, Peggy Hackman Gill has had multiple health problems and so has the other Peggy. But it's just—I have lost a lot of classmates. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I think this makes uh, six or seven. Just this year already. Wow. Yeah. Altogether, we—I've lost 41 classmates, and I only had a class of 95. So we're losing people right and left. <laughs> but we're all becoming—we're all becoming 80 years old. So when you get older, this happens. Yep. But just keep these people in mind. In some. Other update, updates were made that you already have known about, like Faith Baker, just keep your prayers for her. Uh, Marion Virgil's daughter-in-law, they're going through a lot of multiple health problems. And we have her on the prayer guide under illnesses. So, um, and also, yes, it's great to be back. We spent lots and lots of time with family, holding babies, uh, all, we were all there of our own immediate family except for one grandson he could not go because of his job. and He just started a new job, so he was didn't have time off. But it was great. We had good weather, but it doesn't matter what the weather is. I'm just glad to be there with the family. And we all had safe traveling and no mishaps of any kind, which, you know, when you have that many down there together, well, a lot of things going on. <laughs> but it was great. Good,
0: good. Yeah, with that many... Babies and like that, you know, strangers could have dropped their kids off there, and you would have never even known, you know. Oh, we two engagements have. We happen- oh my goodness <laughs> sakes, heavens sakes. Who else would like to share? Nancy.
2: Joe asked me to share about Paul Liskey He fell in his kitchen yesterday and fractured eleven ribs. Oh gosh. So I. Expect a lot of pain, but I'm sure he'd appreciate our prayers. And I have a praise. Our grandson had uh, heart murmurs since birth, and he was evaluated on Friday. His heart's healthy. It's just he'll have a murmur all his life. But thank the Lord that no surgery needed, so that's a a blessing. And a blessing for family who so generously give their time and their uh, produce. We were blessed yesterday with that, and we appreciate that
0: showing uh, Walter that Gary brought in some tomatoes last week and I picked up a great big guy I don't know what it was, was it a beef heart? That was one of the best tomatoes that, that is really good BLTs that's, that's a good thing who else needs to share? Oh Karen, I'm sorry I had my back to you I didn't see you there
3: I have a reminder, a praise, and a request. If you do shoeboxes, now's the time to visit Walmart or the drugstore or wherever you go because all the school supplies are out and they're cheap. So think about that. Um, You know, some of you are older and don't send kids back to school so you don't realize that now's the time to do that and stock up. Um, um, Praise. I know, I don't know, a little over a year ago, I asked for prayer because I'd been diagnosed with diabetes, and I want to let you know, for a year now, my numbers have gone down. I'm on one simple medication and a diet change, of course, lost weight, but I'm, he's lost weight too. (laughs) He doesn't even try, (laughs) but um, so I'm feeling really good. I'm going to ask for my name to be taken off, and I do want to thank you for your prayer support because I know. Without that, that probably wouldn't have happened. I tried to tell the doctor. There was a lot of prayer. She didn't answer me, so I don't think she thought that was true. <laughs> but um, the Prayer request. Sandy and I are traveling. This is our fourth trip of the summer. We're about worn out. Fifth? I don't know. I oh, graduation. Anyway, so we are leaving right after church, heading to Ohio to visit. We're visiting friends and family. We found out our daughter, and she's like, Mom, you can't come this week. And I'm like, Well, we got oh, well. to. She has her grandmother in law, her husband's mother, grandmother, is having surgery, I think on her hip or her knees. She's had multiple surgeries. And everybody in the family's busy, so Rebecca has to take care of her. I think one of my granddaughters.
1: They're mostly out of town, I
3: think. Well, her, um, one daughter's, I think, is going to stay with Grandma Hale her father-in-law has really unchecked diabetes, and it is likely they are going to take his eye this week. So that's going on, and her husband has Crohn's, and his Crohn's is gone, is flaring up, and and so, and so, in the middle of this, they're getting ready for rabbits at the fair. So she's like, I don't know whether we'll... So anyway, so if you play for Rebecca and Courtney, because... You know, their hands are full trying to deal with all of this painful stuff. And pray for us as we travel. Um, there are a lot of maniacs out on the road, and they don't all live in Pennsylvania. And <laughs> thing in Ohio is you have state patrol that will stop you if you drive too fast. So it's a little bit better, but just pray for us. And um, we're hoping to see some friends, old friends, and... Bunch of Sandy's family, and he has, how many years is it, his eighth grade class reunion. That's why we have to go this week. And you wonder, eighth grade? Well, am I taking your thunder? Are you going to talk about this? There was a lot of Amish and conservative Mennonite, so a lot of kids, that was the end of their schooling. So they actually did a...
1: a a Yeah,
3: they had... So anyway, they're having this reunion. Is it 50 years? 55. 55 55-year reunion. So we'll see who survived. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Anyone else have anything they need to share? Okay. Let's keep Cocalico Church in our prayers, and let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for joys. Thank you for things that we we just experience and bring smiles to our face. You are a good God. You are always looking out for us. Thank you, Lord. But as you've heard and we've all heard, people are experiencing family members passing away, people that are are struggling with diseases and health issues. Oh, Lord, there's so many things that can pull us apart. Comfort those that are involved in such situations, if you will, Lord. Please let them know that you're next to them, that you will always be with them. We are dependent on you, God, for all of our needs. So much of what we do, we think we can do ourselves, but that's not true. We depend on you we need to put our faith in you and thank you lord thank you for hearing our prayers it is a blessing that you allow us to pray and talk to you at any time any time any place anywhere thank you lord and lord as we talk about cocalico small church but a vibrant church bless them lord give them give them a great joy in what they are doing in their efforts to bring more people to you. Bless their pastorship. Bless their leadership, Lord. We all need prayer. We all need your guidance. But we pray today for CoCalico. Give them the sense that we know that they are there. We want them to survive. We want them to blossom. And we know that with your guidance, they will. Thank you, Lord. Lord, people will be traveling. Bless Sandy and Karen as they travel, and bless all those people that are on vacation now. And thank you for returning to us, families that have been on vacation, safely and joyously relaxed and refreshed. Thank you, Lord. Lord, there are so many hurts and so many prayers that go up. I just, for one, just don't understand the the hate and the the terrible things that are taking place. But I know you say that this will happen. All I can do is put put my faith in you, as the rest of these people in this congregation do as well. Thank you, Lord. Who would we fall back on if it weren't for you, Lord? Thank you. Lord, hear our prayers. Hear our joys. Thank you for being the one that is always there. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name, our Savior, our coming King, your Son. Amen.
1: Now, uh, you know that songs can trigger memories. You know that? Songs can trigger... You know, some of you... Lovebirds maybe have a have our song, you know. Well, that triggers some memories. Um, this song coming again triggers a memory when uh, the Billy Sunday Tabernacle was still standing in Winona Lake, Indiana, and this is years seventy two, seventy three, seventy four. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, we probably went 75 before we were married. You remember going to Billy Sunday Tabernacle, and and uh, that's one of the songs that they loved to sing at the Billy Sunday Tabernacle. It was. It had sawdust on the floor. It was a building, but there was no heat and no air conditioning, <laughs> and uh, would seat. Maybe four or five thousand—I don't know—but Sunday evening, it was a fun thing to run down to Winona Lake to the Tabernacle and hear nationally known speakers from all over the country. would come into Winona Lake, uh, but that was that was one of the songs that they really enjoyed singing at the Billy Sunday Tabernacle. Uh, it's gone now. They've, there's another building there that is air conditioned. I think people just didn't want to go. To where all the, you know, all the flies. and <laughs> Oh, well. Anyway, I remember seeing, uh, this is digressing. I remember seeing David Wilkerson on 4th of July. Probably 1973, 4th of July. And, uh, you know, he got up to speak. And this... That week, all the Youth for Christ were in there, and they had all these teenagers, so many teenagers. You, you know, you looked at them and go, oh, wow. And uh, probably three or 4,000 teenagers. And so when David Wilkerson come out on the stage, every teenager had his flash camera. <laughs> you know, and Wilkerson is up there sort of like this because he's got, he goes, yeah, this is 4th of July early. You know, all these flash cameras. And uh, I have open reel. I, you know, I would drag my open reel tape recorder and I would plug into the audio system and, and open reel tape, you know. I have the only, as far as I know, I was the only one that around that had a tape recorder. Of That sermon, I have that sermon on, on tape, and uh, some, someday I ought to dig that out and see if anybody else out there, digitize it, and get it on the internet and see if anybody else is interested in it. Um, anyway, Billy Sunday Tabernacle, long time long time ago. Well, how are you doing? I hope you're, you know, I, I tell folks I'm doing a lot better than I look, and my son says, Yeah, Dad, I sure hope so. So how you doing? Are you doing better than you look? (laughs) There's something about an aging body. Now, this body is not quite 70 yet, but I am old enough to have the 55th year reunion for my grade school class. Yeah, well, but you know, as you get older, your body just doesn't work like it used to, and it doesn't look like it used to. I, I'm amazed she's stuck with me, you know. You know, what's this happening to me? You know, I thought I, I thought I had some hair. Well, not much anymore, you know. But what, it, what is, I believe, this is for, for the folks over 50. Anybody? Yeah, there's a few in here, over 50. I believe as you age, what goes, what goes up? Everything else goes down. No, something goes up. Your, the level of needs that you have in life goes up. You have more needs than ever before as you age. And guess who the heart of God turns to? The quickest, the soonest, is the one who, listen to this, that acknowledges, somebody needs this today, that acknowledges, God, I need your help so much. By the way, if you're seven years old and say that, you'll get Grace. But, dear friends, I believe, as youth said, yeah. yell, you know, I got this ache and that pain, and yesterday I was out there and I fell working around my house. And I can still sort of feel it. (laughs) Uh No, you say before God, God, I need your help. And if you haven't learned it, by the time you get gray hair, Hopefully, you will learn it with gray hair. You will learn the lesson of calling out on the name of the Lord with a humble heart, with a belief. Look, God is not going to force you to believe. Some people are waiting around so that, you know, sort of uh, don't realize that it is your job to believe. You say, well, I'm having a hard time believing. Hey, tell God that. God, I'm having a hard time. I want to believe. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And you know, that's a good Bible prayer. And you tell him that. And you can, listen, he can build it into your life line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept here a little, there a little, through the years, and you will grow in faith, and it is possible. I bear witness to this. It is possible to going from sort of hoping to believe and sort of, sort of believing that there's a God to actually saying, I, I don't just believe there's a God. I know there's a God. And, and that, that does not come overnight. Give God time to work in your life. And every need that comes along, big need, little need, hangnails, complete family disasters, whatever it is, let it be a stepping stone for drawing near to the Lord. You draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that uh, this word is forever settled in heaven. This word has the power to heal. It says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, God, may it even be so unto us. And, Lord, we thank you that you care about us, and you care about this congregation. Having a humble heart before you, Lord, is precious. And Lord, as a congregation, we just confess our needs, a lot of things that are challenges to us as a congregation. And I think about Cocalico this morning too, and I think about Ken Leidinger. He was a principal of the Brethren Bible Institute. And, um, yeah, he, he's, he's just a servant before you. And yet, Lord, we do pray your grace down upon him in that congregation. And many parallels between that congregation and this congregation. And so, Lord, we know what it feels like. And, and Lord, uh, just common things there, common challenges. But Lord, you, you've you been with them. I bear witness to that a number of times we've been there and have had love feasts there. And so we pray, Lord, as you give them grace, even so give us grace. And as we open the word this morning, Lord, may may we find the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ in these pages. Thank you, Lord. Bless our Time together, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're opening today and looking at um, the first, in my Bible, is the first page and a half of chapter 25. Uh, well, not quite, not quite a page and a half. Um, while you're opening, also open to John chapter 14, a passage maybe you even know by heart. And um, be be ready to to uh, to go to that. I'm going to stick my bulletin in there so I don't lose my place. Matthew chapter 25. We've been talking about um, over a number of months, every other Sunday here. Uh, been talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus and having a heart toward that coming. And it's not a different Jesus. It's the same Jesus we read in the Gospels. He's coming. He's coming again. He's coming again to receive his own to himself. And um, a key aspect of his coming is uh, that he brings his reward with him, and the reward the reward is, is a two-edged sword. It is a reward for the righteous. That he will, he will reward us for the righteousness that we love. And one of my, one of the things of my heart is I want to be where there is no more sin anymore. <laughs> uh, two things make heaven heaven. Well, three things maybe. Well, it's probably more than that. But here are the, here are my top three things of heaven. Number one, Jesus is there and he wants us to be with him. Uh, Heaven would not be heaven without the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, there will be no more evil or sin or anything like that anymore. And what a wonderful thing that'll be. It will be a blessing to, to experience that. Now you can experience it in your heart When you say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Lord, I believe in your cross. I believe that Jesus paid my sin debt in my place, and my debt is canceled. And Lord Jesus, as you come in, you cleanse my heart, fill my life with your holiness, fill my life with your Holy Spirit. his spirit is a holy spirit. And Lord, bring your peace. Bring that, a peace that cannot even be understood in my brain. That peace, Lord, may it, may it prevail in my heart. Now, where that is, where the, if you know what I'm talking about, the peace of God, in your heart. You have a foretaste of heaven already. You don't need to wait till your body quits and you go to heaven. All right? No, no, you got you got a taste of it, a a a guarantee of it already in your heart. But what heaven is, is that there's nothing else than just that. You look around and we go, yeah, well, there's a lot of other things in this world. That's not a God. I started preaching out there in the lobby about, about, you know, if there's anything good, I got to get the words again. If there's anything good, it's because God's present. If there's any good in your life, it's because God is there. Thank you, Lord, for being there. And everything around us that's good comes from where? Here's the verse in James every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, and whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. That's who God is. It is his very nature to be good and to bless you if you turn your heart toward him. Say, God, I need you, I need your help so much, Lord. And and he brings his grace he resists the proud gives grace gives grace lord give me grace help me to be humble that you would see to give me grace oh god you know hallelujah and 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 not to take things for granted do you take good things for granted just waking up in the morning <laughs> it's another day lord if there's anything good in this day is because God is present. We can, we can pretty quickly migrate in our brain, in our thoughts, to all the problems. And oh, I wish this family member would do that or I wish this would happen in the world or you know I wish those politicians would just shut up. Yikes, but where did that come from? No, you just get your mind off that stuff and, and praise the Lord. So much of the Christian walk is that mind of I'm going to praise God because he's worthy. And I can think, uh, I can think of five things right now to, you know and just start praising God for the five things you can think of. There might be 20 things you need to do, but you can at least think of five. When you sit down for a meal... Thank you. Take time. Lord, thank you for this food. The needful things in my life that have been supplied is because God is good. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit right here right now? Can you sense it? The Holy Spirit here today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, let's get into our passage and uh, so a part of judgment, one of the points of judgment, and I've mentioned this a number of times, but here's the point of judgment that we're sort of working on. This message and the next message in two weeks, which is about the sheep and the goats, is how God separates good from evil, separates the righteous ones from the evildoers. God God. You know, and that's how we get to heaven. He's He separates, you know. And I was fascinated, negatively so, but fascinated at conference. And, by the way, we got to have a conference report somewhere. The folks at my table had this picture of somehow that everybody is going to make it to heaven. And... Um, you know, so, so no, none are going to be kept out. And since none are to be kept out, then we shouldn't, be, that we should be so inclusive. We would, you know, if people want to be in the church and, and sinning and promoting sin in the church, oh, that's all right. No. He wants us to move where? In a direction away from sin into his heart, into the heart of God. Holy God wants us to move in a direction of holiness. And so here's two stories today, two parables here in Matthew chapter 25. And I am fascinated in a good way with these these stories of Jesus because what does it do? It says there is a separating, some make it, And uh, have received God's stamp of approval. You know. And some of them don't. And there is a separation. Watch for this as we... Let's read this from the top of the passage and then we'll make some remarks. Matthew chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins... Who took their lamps, we're talking about little oil lamps, they had a little wick and you fill it up with olive oil and, it, and uh, that was a lamp and back in Jesus' day. Took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were, surely there's not foolish people in the world. Are there foolish people in the world? You think there's any foolish people in the church? Woo. Here's what Jesus is wanting us to do is say, well, am I wise or am I foolish? (laughs) You gotta think about that a little bit. Are you wise? Are you foolish? Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil, that is additional oil, with them. But the wise took oil, so they had a a, a little little vessel with extra oil in it, Uh, took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out but the wise answered saying no lest there should be not enough for us and you but rather to those who but rather go go to those who sell and buy for yourselves and while they went to buy the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut and afterwards the other virgins came also saying Lord Lord open to us but he answered and said assuredly I say to you I do not know you watch therefore for you do do for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. That's the first parable. Here's the second one. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talent, by the way, talent. A talent is a, a weight measure. A talent of silver is a hundred pounds. That's a lot. A hundred pounds of silver. A talent of gold is 200 pounds of gold. Uh, that's a lot. All right, so we talked about talents. Five five would be like 500, 500 pounds of silver, all right? Five talents traded, went and traded with them, and another... Uh, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two two gained two more also. And he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, a long time, a a long time, how long has it been? Yeah, it's over 2,000 years, huh? or or about 2,000 years. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You do a righteous thing for anybody, somebody nobody else knows. You do it for them, and God will reward you. He he who had received the two talents came and said, Lord... You delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gathered two more talents besides them. His the Lord said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of your Lord." Then he who, uh, th- then he who had received the one talent came and said, "Lord." I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I Reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. You could have at least done that, you know. Hmm? Therefore, this is judgment, folks. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who has abundance, but from him who does not have, even that which he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. And There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth to which I add yikes. 10 virgins. These are bridesmaids. They are waiting for the bridegroom. 10 virgins now so uh, I have received over the years an understanding about weddings in Jesus' day. Not a lot different than weddings today as far as joy and expectation and people, some mothers are relieved, some mothers-in-laws are perturbed. That happens. That's just all part of it if. If you get married and this this your mother-in-law after the ceremony, comes up to you and tears into you and just verbally, verbally says everything she wants to say. How like you stole her daughter, you know. Uh, I know what you feel like. <laughs> this has not always been the way. In Jesus' day, as I understand, when a man saw this beautiful lady, and he, you know, from day to day would observe, you know, uh, this man's daughter, and you know what? I think she's the one. So you, who would be the first person you talk to? Your own father because you had to talk about arrangements and how we're going to do this and let's work this out. And so you would say, Dad, I think I found the one. And you you know her father. Would you go and talk to her father whether or not there would be, if whether or not he was receptive to it? And so your father would come back and say, Sorry, you're out of luck, son. (laughs) Or he might say, yes, he's willing to consider it if his daughter will consider it. So then it was, then the ball was in your court. You would take, you would take and you would write up to the best of your abilities all the things that you would promise her if she would marry you. A big three-room house, but they didn't have real big houses back then, you know, three, big three-room 3, three room house. If you have more than three rooms, you, it's, it's way bigger than what they had back then. But so she might be impressed by that, a three-room house. Uh, you know, 12 acres to farm and, and uh, to, you know, to sell the produce off that land so that she knew that you were going to take care of her. Um, and you would write out all these things. And you'd take, uh, you'd take um, a wineskin of wine along and you would, you would go over there and you would sit down at a table with her. So she's right here. And you'd take a cup and you'd pour some wine into it and you'd set it there. And uh, then you'd, you'd show her your agreement. Now I'm going to do this. You know, And so she would look at that and go, hmm, is this a good deal or not? And if she rejected the marriage covenant, what would she do? She would just push that cup away, and that's a sign you need to go home. You need to go home and maybe come up with something better. All right. Not a three-room house. Maybe she really wanted a four-room house. Well, if she drank the cup, but by the way, you ever do that? Be- between you and the Lord, you ever drink the cup? What is her drinking the cup? What is, what is that a sign of? That's a sign of, yes, I 100% accept this covenant and the fact that I will marry you. By the way, I hope you say yes to the Lord time and again when you drink that cup. So then what would you, okay, so that's the point at which you are legally bound by law and you are now officially engaged. Bound by law. The only way you can get out of this is if Something you find out something and you 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 can give a bill of divorcement. You like marrying Joseph. And Joseph was, you know, she's pregnant and it's not my child, and so he was just going to privately, bill a divorcement and get out of it. All right, this isn't right. And the angel said, No, go ahead. So what would the gut? What was during the engagement? What was the purpose of the engagement? The engagement was that you would then go back to your father and you would say, okay, dad, she accepted the covenant. We need to get busy and do it. And so maybe he had a one room house. We're gonna have to enlarge that to four rooms, you know. And uh, we gotta get out some crops here. And uh, we just got to prepare. And when when the father says, all right, uh, no, you got one more thing here. You got to work on this. All right. But there comes a day when the father says, yeah, you've done everything. And it's time to go get your bride. Now, so the lady's over there waiting. When is this guy gonna show up? Two years, three years, six months. Let's hope, it's, let's hope I don't have to wait forever. And so her, she has her lady friends, the virgins in this story are there to, for what purpose? To help her stay ready because he can come anytime day or night. Anytime day or night. He can come in the middle of the night. In fact, sometimes I think some of these guys would just, you know, 3 a.m. just to make it fun. And if they saw him coming, you know, a shout would go forth. The bridegroom is coming. You know, and get everybody together. And who's ever going to be. And they would start the party whenever he shows up. And he carries her out of her father's house. And he carries her over to what he has prepared for her. And they would party. And a lot of times a week, a whole week. My, my. And wouldn't you like to be in on that party? The celebration of life. Celebration of a new family. The celebration of God's purpose in, what's the number one purpose of, uh, uh, of God in marriage? To bring forth godly offspring into this world. That's what God's after. Wish we had more. By the way, that's a sign. If any of you want to have 10 more children, go right ahead. It may be a challenge, but I tell you what, it, it, God will bless you. If you say, God, I want to do what you want me to do. <laughs> we, we, we stopped at five. Yeah. And if you only stop at five or eight, I can understand. Okay. You're not going to get any criticism from me. So here are these ladies, ten of them. And they know, they know that he can come When? At 3 a.m. So you got your lamp there, you know, and night after night, and are we ready? And the bride says, yes, I think we're ready. But you guys, you guys help me be ready. Help me be ready, you know. And there comes this shout the bridegroom is coming. They all go out to meet him, and it's too late. To be ready anymore, or to get ready anymore, you'd better be ready now. And if you're out of oil, yeah, there's something deficient. And if there's something deficient, at the last minute, it's too late. Now, what ha- what's the end of the story? Take a look at the end of the story of that of that section. They, they, uh, the wise virgins say to the foolish virgins, "No, go by." This is verse ten. While they they went to, uh, no, end of verse nine. No, lest you there not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. You need to do it yourself. There's, so the Bible teaches sharing, but there are times when Sharing doesn't work. And if the Lord Jesus comes and you say, you know, my grandfather, now he accepted Christ at a real young age, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. The fact that my grandfather was a, a genuine Christian. I'm not a Christian. <laughs> no, you gotta do it yourself. God wants you to, to be ready for his coming in your own heart, in your own spirit. And, and, this, and the oil is a type of what? The oil is a picture here of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and the nature and person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and I cannot borrow that from my wife. I can't borrow that from my best friend. I can only have that as I relate to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he provides that. And if, and if I haven't been serious in relating to the Lord day by day, do you day by day say, Lord Jesus, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. All the goodness in my life, Lord, it's evidence that you are present in my life. Hallelujah, that I can even see it, that you're good. But you know, I can't borrow that. And at the last minute, when the bridegroom, who's the bridegroom? The Lord Jesus. When he comes, we got to be ready or the door is shut, and there's no entering after a certain point. Let's read that part. This, in fact, the whole story goes right to that conclusion about these, these ladies that just somehow didn't get it in their heads that what was the really the important thing Verse 11 says, afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. And then the conclude Jesus' conclusion for all of us is, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Turn back there to John 14. Jesus not only shifts what happens at the Passover there at the Last Supper, he also introduces something which is unmistakable wedding language. Engagement language and your soul being fixed on your redeemer as the bridegroom of your soul now look at this see if see if any of the, the disciples heard the marriage language in this I'm convinced I am can you tell I'm convinced let not your heart no, John 14 let you not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house Are many, it's hard to uh, translate that word. King James says mansions, other versions say rooms, uh, uh, other versions say dwelling places. Yeah, it's where you can live, (laughs) a place where you can live. If it were not so, I would have told you. If, If you don't go to a heaven where there's a dwelling place for you, Jesus would have told you. No, there is no such place. There is no you know, Heaven is a figment of your imagination. But no, he, right here he said, no, we got a place. He, what is he doing? He's laying out the contract right there. Your, your soul is the bride and he's the bridegroom. He's laying it out there and he's put a cup before you and he says, will you drink this? And say yes. I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. he might be gone a while our father in heaven and his beloved son the Lord Jesus Christ is preparing a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again receive you unto myself behold the bridegroom cometh uh that where I am There you may be also. By the way, the truth is, there you may be also forever. (laughs) Can you get excited on this? And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Thomas is still not really getting it. So I asked my brain, brain, are you getting it? Huh? Brain? Jesus said to him, I am the, true, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Where, where are we living? In the Father's house. Except through me. Back to Matthew chapter 25, and we uh, briefly look at the other Parable. Three servants, each of them give